Frontline. Tonight we talk about what we can and must do for life and liberty. With us in the studio is Dr. Hammond. Dr. Hammond, what are threats to life and liberty that confront us today? Well, as a mission which for 39 years has been serving persecuted churches, our first observation is the increase of intolerance for Christianity, the persecution of Christians. There's a huge amount of intimidation of Christians. And what we've seen in the last two years is that a lot of persecution is now being done in, on churches in the name of health and in the mm. health name of fighting a virus. So that you see in India, Pakistan, throughout the Middle East, lots of government agents uh, intruding on church. You need to be vaccinated. You need to social distance. You can't meet at this time. You've got to wear masks, this, that, and the other, and so on, and you can't gather at this time. In Zimbabwe, they actually passed a law saying that nobody could attend church meetings if they're not vaccinated. And mm -hmm. as you know, vaccinated suddenly changes to fully vaccinated changes to no you need the second you need the third you need the fourth booster shot and oh and then you still need to socially distance test and all the rest of it and wear masks and so to show how much the Zimbabwe government cares about your health they've sent in soldiers into churches to beat up pastors drag them down the aisle with blood flowing behind kick people in the head rifle butt them in the face I mean, what more must the government do to show they really care about your health uh, than to do that sort of thing? So all over the world, we've got a new form of persecution coming out, and that is in the name of the Wuhan Health Organization's COVID cult vaccination mandate type of – it's really a new cult, but mm -hmm. it's just another tool in the box of the New World Order to be able to intimidate and bully and distract and waste the time and money, and even in some cases in prison, uh, mm. Christians. Mm. And it's scary to see it happening, this kind of persecution. How and where in the Bible do you think, do we see examples of how we can respond to this kind of issue, this persecution really? Well, the first thing is we are commanded to worship the Lord and we commanded to not be deceived and we commanded to be discerning and we're told forsake not the assembling together of one another so there's so many commands to gather together to worship the lord to sing to the lord to praise the lord to encourage one another and so we can't allow any government anywhere for any reason to interfere with our highest priorities and our highest priority is if you go to the catechisms what's the chief end of man mm -hmm. to worship god and to glorify him forever I mean, that's our chief end. That's our primary purpose. So when a government tells us you can't do it for this or that reason, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we can't listen to that. So the persecuted churches we've been serving, and I've had the privilege of serving for 39 years, mm. they are aghast at how so many people in the West are falling over themselves to cooperate with their persecutors and the enemies of God and to close churches down or to discourage people or in the case of some churches telling people to go home because they've already got their 50 or whatever the mandate is allowed mm. in this massive church auditorium and uh, literally people at the door who've brought visitors have been told to go away which mm. yeah, you just can't imagine any of the apostles or the Lord Jesus doing that it's mm. just uh, against the whole uh, ethos of what the church's identity is mm. why would we chase people away and also when we've had plagues before like the bubonic plague mm. uh, we didn't see the reformers staying away in fact we see Martin Luther opening up his home for people who had the bubonic plague while his mm. wife was pregnant for goodness sakes mm. and his home was 
full of people who were suffering from the plague and he's ministering to them. Ulrich Zwingli went into the uh, center of Zurich where the plague was the worst and he refused to flee the countryside like so many others and he continued to minister people. He did contract the plague and by God's grace he recovered from it and survived. Mm -hmm. But you don't see the church stopping its operation because of any virus or plague or pandemic or anything in history before, mm. let alone that you've got to close churches. In fact, churches have often been the busiest during times of infections and pandemics and plagues. Mm. So uh, you, it doesn't make sense. And when you think that more churches have been closed in the name of combating a virus in the last two years, mm. then even Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong managed to close in the whole years of the Cold War. This is bizarre. That's why Christians throughout Eastern Europe, our friends in Ukraine and Russia and Romania, they say, this is incredible. I've, I've had people from Poland constantly me saying, how can your people close down churches? We never closed them down. Mm. During the worst days of the communist persecution, when it was completely illegal, we still met, maybe in the forest or in homes, but we never stopped meeting. We never stopped gathering for worship and baptisms and Lord's mm. Supper. It's just incomprehensible that mm. churches should, for the first time in 2,000 years, decide to close down because of what a government says. Mm. And that's shocking. And so with the clear commands, as you just mentioned from God's word, that we are not to close down, how is it that so many of us just miss that from God's word? Is there a lack of the knowledge of God? And how can we better wear the armor of God, recognize mm. the Bible as the armor of God? It must be my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. There's, there's a lack of wisdom, a lack of knowledge. And there's so many warnings in the Bible, do not be deceived. And we are told over and over again in Revelation how Satan deceives the nations and the nations are being deceived by Satan. And the day will come when the Lord will send an angel who will bind Satan that he might deceive the nations no more, which goes to remind us that nations are being deceived today. Mm -hmm. So if I find myself in full agreement with the world, if I find myself walking in agreement with the United Nations, Hollywood, Slime Magazine, Useless News and World Report, the Bo mm. Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, the Communist News Network, the Cape Crimes, the Sunday Crimes, and so on, <laughs> then, then honestly you've got to say, surely I'm being deceived because the nations are being deceived. And so whether you're talking about evolution or a whole bunch of other of the lies of Satan, uh, you came from nothing, you're going nowhere, life is meaningless, or you must live in fear, or whatever it is that the world is propagating, we as Christians are meant to be different, we're meant to be discerning. And mm -hmm. so I would say first and foremost, many Christians aren't discerning the times, not understanding the times. And we need to recognize we're living in an age of deception. I don't know if there's ever been so much deception in the world as there is now. Mm -hmm. We're living in an age of cowardice, of compromise, of apostasy. And in this situation of apostasy, it's fightless Christians that we stand. When the whole world is bowing, you just think of when Nebuchadnezzar sat up as idol and the bands played and the music was sounding and everyone bowed before his idol, except for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Mm -hmm. They refused to bow. And that's what we as Christians are meant to do. We're meant to be standing firm like Martin Luther. My conscience is captive of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Or as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said, our God whom we served, he is able to save us. Mm -hmm. And he will. But even if he doesn't, we still won't serve your gods, nor will we bow before your idols. And that's that must be the Christian attitude. Mm -hmm. So it's just extraordinary for whatever reason. We know that there's consequence. Um, people throughout the centuries have gone to the lions. They've gone to the stake. They've been burned alive. People have been persecuted for making a stand. 
We know that. I mean, Daniel was thrown to the lion's den. I mean, these things happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Medgar were thrown to the fiery furnace. So we, we know there's consequences. But uh, right now, in many cases, I'm going to be deplatformed or I'll be unfriended. Um, and in many cases, it's uh, people think badly of me. Someone will disapprove of me. Um, and we need to really recognize are we willing to suffer for Christ? Christ Jesus suffered for us and left us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. So as Christians, we must be willing to be unpopular mm. because it's better to fear God than to fear man. Certainly, we shouldn't be fearing a virus because God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm. Yes, and I'm afraid that <laughs> afraid that many of us are fearing for our own lives, fearing more for our own comforts than um, fearing God and being willing to take a stand as those who um, were persecuted before us and even now are. So how do we take this fear that we have for viruses, pandemic, what people may think of us and change that to a fear of God? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In fact, I've seen that even etched into stone above the entrances to many universities around the world. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In fact, even downtown at the oldest Protestant church in, in Southern Hemisphere, uh, Strand Street Lutheran Church, they've got in German, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which is mm. so true. And we need to fear God. And our Lord Jesus said, do not fear man who can only kill a body. That's mm. all he can do. And after that, he can do nothing more. But fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell forever. That is whom you should fear. So the Lord Jesus teaches us to fear God. And there's vastly more commands in Scripture to fear God than there even are to have faith in God and to love God. And imagine that, that the fear of God is the most commanded aspect of our relationship to God. And yet today, many Christians will even say, oh, I don't fear God. And they think of that as a negative thing. But mm -hmm. in the Bible, fearing God is a positive thing. Mm -hmm. The reverential awe and respect, and uh, in, in a real reverential sense, fear of God is really the foundation of wisdom. Because if you think you might be, uh, when we were growing up, we might have been afraid of our father, discipline, consequences when we've done bad. We loved our father, but we still feared him to the extent that there's consequences and he could bring consequences to bear on us. You might, in, well, certainly in army, we learned to fear the sergeant major and the commanding officer. And uh, they had power of life and death in many ways. And in the fire brigade, certainly feared the fire officer. And at school, I don't know if children today can comprehend, but we used to fear the teachers. Mind you, they used to have corporal punishment powers and so on. Uh, the, there is a healthy fear in some things. People might fear their boss, consequences, getting fired, whatever it is. And yet, someone other, when it comes to God, the average person doesn't fear God. Mm. But they're super afraid that Facebook might... Uh, put them in Facebook jail for 30 days or uh, that they might be unfriended by somebody. And this just shows that, as, as the Lord said, take my yoke upon me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's better to wear the yoke of the fear of the Lord than the yoke of man's fear because when we try to please people, oh, people can be tyrants. And there's a lot of people. Uh, it's better to fear the one God than to fear the many people. Yeah. And also the fear of the God leads us to love him even more. And yeah, as you say, that is so much lacking. Even wisdom in the schools, in education centers, um, in the media, there's so much indoctrination that pulls us away from this wisdom that we get when we fear God. How can we combat that? Well, you've put your finger on it because it's the education institutions that we 
go to or that we send our children or grandchildren to uh, that shape so much of their thinking. And it's so important. Education is so foundational. And I'm afraid to say a lot of what today is called education is not really education because education always used to be understood to be teaching people how to think critically. But today, a lot of what goes under the name of education is more like indoctrination, teaching people what to think, repeat after me, instead of how to think. Now, I was still part of the old schooling. So when I went to school in Rhodesia, I remember my first history teacher in high school, Mr. Reese Davies, berating us for repeating the textbook. He said, if you knew who wrote textbooks, he said, the school textbooks are written by committees appointed by politicians. Politicians lie. Governments lie. Uh, wartime propaganda morphs into peacetime textbooks. N never believe the official version. Beware the victor's version. And uh, he told us to think. Think outside the box. Ask yourself, what's the context? Don't just accept... Uh, what's been given to you. Now, that was good um, uh, education that we were told to. Go in the library, look for some old books. Don't take the school textbooks word for it. Go and find out from, from source documents. Well, our libraries used to have a lot of those good things. I found that excellent. Now, I must say, when I came down from Rhodesia to South Africa, I got into trouble very quickly in the classroom for questioning the teacher. Now, I'd been taught to question the teacher and to question textbook and so on. And I had some teachers being quite angry at me that how dare I question, you know, it's, it's here in the textbook. But I had a whole lifetime of being taught, disc, uh, don't question, uh, don't accept the textbook, question it. And, uh, but we were far more in terms of, you know, this is what the book says and you must be true to the curriculum. So I clashed very quickly. Uh, nevertheless, it, it serves one well in, in life when you are taught to think critically Mm. And especially at this time when we've got more deceit and nonsense, you just think what's in some of the school textbooks. Now, I'm sure the average parent is not aware that in many schools around South Africa today, you will have incantations and spells and, and assignments to make a spell, to put a curse on somebody, to whether they've even got uh, readings from uh, Harry Potter books on which is witchcraft repackaged and where they that what animal would you like to shape shift into and uh, make up a spell of something that you'd want to put a curse on someone in some of these life skills classes they've given practicals on plan a bank robbery choose your weapons uh, your, your uh, getaway vehicles like we need some more bank robbers apparently uh, uh, this is an assignment in the school high school accounting. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of nonsense going on in schools, and um, you know those even, aren't even the worst. There's blasphemous, pornographic, comprehensive sexuality education, which turns the kids into guinea pigs for pornogra pornographic experiments. It, there's some sick, perverted stuff going out there in the schools. And uh, we're not saying all schools are like that, but there's a philosophy coming from UNESCO and through the Department of Education of South Africa to try to push us. Now, some places have got principled, courageous teachers and school principals and school governing boards that are resisting this and good for them. But they're going against the flood of mm -hmm. the whole tide is against them. But in many schools, if not the most, they're going to be told billions of years ago, the Big Bang, situation ethics, you came from nothing, you're going nowhere, life is meaningless. There's no right or wrong, etc., etc. And basically they've been bombarded with so much that's destructive and undermining of basic Christian truth and what's healthy for society. So... Obviously, the best thing is to avoid state indoctrination, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, to support independent Christian schools who have a real independent curriculum. I'm not recommending Christian schools that use the government school curriculum because I think 
that's missing the point. It's not good enough to have a nice Christian school with great Christian teachers and have nice worship songs and devotions and then sit down and uh, learn the same evolution, situation, ethics and comprehensive sexuality education that, that the pagans have drafted. Uh, but with Christian teachers, Christian textbooks in a really independent Christian school should be supported. And home education, where the parents are directly overseeing their children with great Christian textbooks that come from people who love God and who have a biblical worldview. I mean, that's the best. You spare yourself a lot of grief and trouble when when you go the route of a thoroughly Christian education. So I think that's one of the first things is the education we receive or that we see our children and grandchildren receive. And then there's information. The news media is a very powerful force. And the, the sources we look to for information – are they really source of information or are they disinformation? Because if we're listening to the CNN Communist News Network, you can be sure. It's so it's so bad, by the way, CNN's lost 90% of their listenership, viewership in the last year. 90%. Wow. I mean, it's catastrophic. They, there was a time that they were one of the most popular news networks in the world and they just plummeted because they're so bad. And the propaganda and their bias is so obvious. Uh, BBC also, shocking. Um, but there's so many that you can see they've just collapsed. And people are turning more and more to the independent alternative uh, groups outside the mainstream, what now is called the lamestream media. Mm -hmm. And certainly we should be going to independent, trustworthy uh, sources that are not repeating the narrative of the New World Order, but who are critical thinkers and who do independent research and so on, So uh, and who fear God. So... Uh, let's be careful about the education we receive. Is it education or indoctrination? And our news media, is it information or is it disinformation? Mm. And that's so important to be uh, discerning in all of that. How and what are some advice you can give to parents who recognize the threat of indoctrination um, in basically most of the schools in South Africa um, and want to shift their children either to homeschool or a, a Christian school? How do you do that? Well, I must say... Uh, my wife, Lenore, and I, we, we would say that the two best decisions we ever made as far as raising our children goes is that before we even got married, we decided we will not have TV in our home. That was a super good influence. We just spared ourselves no end of grief. We had lots of books and basically our children were raised in the library and uh, lots of books and lots of family time and lots of reading and praying and singing and devotions and fun and exploring. And, and so just sparing ourselves from TV. Do you know the average uh, family spends five hours a day watching TV? It's just, you know, what a waste of time, uh, especially when you think of the garbage on there. Uh, so that, that was one thing, just sparing oneself from that, you know, having a video machine and uh, or nowadays say a DVD uh, mm. play, um, watching selective good material, uh, uh, selectively, uh, that's obviously vastly preferable. But just watching whatever the networks are going to be putting over there, it's like, you know, opening up your brain and asking people to dump a whole lot of garbage cans in it. Um, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, the second thing was designed to homeschool our children. I mean, that really, really helped. And we did, we did get a bit of a look. I mean, I was raised in a government school. My wife was raised in a government school in an old era. Uh, and uh, our first child... Andrea did go for four years to a local state school, which had a fine Christian principal, but we saw the pressures he's under and we saw the beginning and then we did homeschooling. So we, we've had the experience of seeing what it's like with a, a normal school and we've done homeschooling. And I must say, homeschooling is much less grief. And by God's grace, we never had the 
rebellion, no teenage rebellion, never had our children walking away from the faith. As Lenora pointed out to me a while back, do you notice none of our children have ever missed a camp, course, outreach, hike. They just have always been involved in every single thing. And unless they were overseas at the time, uh, they have been involved in every single outreach, march and demonstration, and project and Women's Day outreach and whatever it is. Uh, and that's mm. great. And that's over 30 years we're talking about. So uh, many people say, how do you get your children involved in the Lord's work? So, well, I enjoy it. Um, it's been fun. It's been part of their life from the beginning. And uh, again, I don't know if we could say that if we'd had TV in a home or if we'd sent them to state schools. I would imagine then you'd be fighting against the tide and it would be an uphill battle with this tsunami of negativity coming down on you and gravity is just is against you. So um, those would be two things. I think I know that for many people it seems awfully radical, uh, but a disconnecting or taking away or taking the shooting range, the TV set, or definitely a good move. And um, uh, home education, outstanding. And again, I think a lot of people get intimidated. We were a bit intimidated. And even though my mm. wife was trained as a teacher, she was intimidated by dear, dear homeschooling. What if we don't keep up? What if we don't? Well, we needn't have worried. Because it's not like we've got to design the curriculum. There's great curriculums out there. There's excellent textbook providers. In fact, when we started, the home education experts were quite small. But uh, as we were noticing at the last Home Education Expo, mm. wow, there's so many providers. South Africa has massive amounts of providers now in Home Expos. Uh, in the last 30 years, we've seen such a growth in the home education industry that nobody needs to worry, oh, what am I going to teach my children? No, it, it's actually not a problem. In fact, uh, the extramurals are better than ever before too. And we also found that when it came to extramurals, we could get our children involved in in the sports activities of local Christian schools. And of course, when you've got scouts and you've got girl guides and you've got foot trekkers and you've got all kinds of youth activities and there's, there's no end, everything from Irish dancing uh, through tennis, fencing, whatever, you know, there's just, the, the opportunities for extra meals are huge. So these people who think that if you don't go to uh, one of these main schools that's got a rugby stadium and so on, you, you, you're going to fail your child. It's, it's not so. And the proof is that the children who go through home education do better in university and they academically do better. And um, I would say that that's, we've proved that over and over, mm. quite aside from the fact that uh, each one of our children got tertiary education, each one excelled in different areas. And several of our children actually got national colors and represent the country overseas in ice skating and karate and biathlon. Uh, 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 Calvin also reached... Uh, national levels, winning gold medal in fencing. And so, I mean, homeschoolers don't have to be afraid that they're all going to fail at everything. That hasn't been our experience. And we see children from homeschooling families, and we can think of several, they just mm. excel in so many ways. It, it, it's actually, it makes sense though too, because a lot of what's going on in state schools is actually crowd control. Too many children per classroom and the poor teachers are overwhelmed and you can only pray for those teachers to then praise God for every Christian teacher in the state schools doing their best because it's a major mission field. But when it comes to our children, if you homeschool them or entrust them to an independent Christian school, you're going to be um, way ahead and you will have so much more advantages. Mm. That's so encouraging to hear. Um, and I hope that many parents will be encouraging encouraging this time as well to look for alternatives ways because 
in the school, that's where you spend a lot of your time, many hours, and that can be used in a much better way. Um, in fact, the hours are twelve to 15,000 hours in school. If you go from, from um, grade 1 to grade 12, 12 to 15,000. It, it depends on how much time they spend toy toying, boycotting, and mm. striking, and so on, and uh, also with extramurals. But uh, if you compare that, just think of the amount of time there is versus about 1,200 hours in church and Sunday school and youth group. Mm. Sure. And maybe, maybe 200 hours of conversation with the parents. That's average, by the way. That is shocking. That is a high amount of hours. Um, now I'm just thinking with the university, tertiary education. Mm. Just here close by, we have um, the University Stellenbosch and... And University of Western Cape, and University yes. of Cape Town, Sodom on the Hillside, yes. <laughs> yeah, so many. And they all have this idea of postmodernism. My my uh, opinion is the truth. That's the only standard of truth and so on. Um, how do we work with that? Well, they're mission fields, and we know that. I mean, you go to the university and it's just beyond shocking the kind of things going on. In fact, in many places, they're moral cesspools and the, the the immorality going on up there and the drug use and abuse and, and riots and all sorts of other things going on in the campuses. It's it's quite shocking. And we need to have campus ministries. We need to do all evangelism we can campus because there are a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's one of the horrible statistics. Uh, do you know that 85% of South Africans who enter tertiary education don't complete it? which means 85% of people probably shouldn't even be going into tertiary education. Mm. We're not saying they did well, just that they don't complete it. And uh, in fact, the the graduations are even more horrific when you look how they've brought the pass rate down, 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 down. And it's so bad that we know people, like uh, you take uh, Pinelands, not far from here, has got the Old Mutual, which has about 8,000 employees. And Old Mutual which is one of the biggest uh, employment providers in, in the city, uh, they employ also math teachers and English teachers. So I've met some of these people who said, you teach, you teach English uh, uh, high school, English at Old Mutual. Who would you teach English to? MBAs. These are people who've graduated with a master in business administration from UCT, but they need an English teacher to teach them how to put together reports and how to write properly. Remedial English, basically. And then I've met uh, a math teacher teaching maths to uh, accountants. These are people who chartered accountants, graduates from University of Cape Town, and they employed at Old Mutual, but they need a math teacher to help them to balance books and to do basic arithmetic. How is this possible? Well, uh, this is the thing. You used to have to be able to debate in Latin to mm-hmm. enter university. Now you need remedial English after graduating from university even. Mm-hmm. And uh, what on earth is going on? What are these degrees worth when you need a high school math teacher teaching a chartered accountant how to do their books? And mm. there are chartered accountants employed through BBB, EE, Affirmative Action, cadre deployment, uh, employed because of law of bullying them. You've got to employ these people, whether they're qualified, capable or not. And then they've got to employ someone else to actually do their work for them and then need someone else to try and make the reports look okay. And mm-hmm. it's it's shocking. So what there used to be a time that... A degree from Stellenbosch UCT meant a lot. Mm. And right now, I don't know how much it means because many employers are now recognizing you need to get someone else to do the person's job and you need someone else to teach them how to do basic sums. Mm. Well, that is scary to hear. And um, 
often people would not accept you in, into a new work without these papers, which are often so worthless. Um, how do we go into these, as we reach out into these areas, into these universities? Um, and we are faced with, when we evangelize there, um, my opinion is the truth, yours is wrong, um, I'm entitled to believe whatever I want to believe. How do we respond to that? Mm. We need to understand the times. In fact, that's what the Biblical Worldview seminars were designed to deal with. And Dr. David Noble of Summit Ministries wrote the book Understand the Times, which is an excellent analysis of the 10 broad areas of life and looking at everything from biology to theology to ethics and law and government uh, and looking at how the secular humanists see it, how the cosmic New Age humanists see it, how the Marxists see it, how Islam sees it, and what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. And so that we understand how other people think on different issues. And, diff and then it also suddenly makes sense why governments are passing these laws and those laws and uh, because they obviously have now got a Marxist worldview or mm -hmm. maybe a secular humanist worldview. And so you can understand where they're coming from and also how to counter it. And it also works with cinemas, evaluating films, newspaper articles, and lecturers and professors at university and textbooks because you can see, ah, that's why they're saying this and that because they're coming from either New Age perspective or the Marxist perspective mm -hmm. or the socialist perspective and so on. So we've got to understand the times and we've got to understand why people think as they do. And then we need to have our minds renewed so that our mind can be transformed by the word of God so we're not conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of our minds to be able to test what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that's why we need biblical worldview seminars and summits and worldview camps. And if we can't get the camps, at least get the books and the videos and the mm -hmm. audios and, and go through the resource because I'm afraid we should be getting this in our schools, but in many cases not. We should be getting this in university. In many cases we're not. We should be getting this in Bible cultures, and I'm afraid, having gone mm -hmm. through some myself, um, many cases not even on the curriculum and syllabus. So we, while we wait for these institutions to catch up with what's going on in the world, because there's a revolution going on in thinking, not just in technology, but in worldviews. Mm. So we've got to understand what the agendas are of the world and why they think like they do and why they suggest and promote and bully and demand the mm. solutions, so-called, that they do. And uh, unfortunately, if we don't understand humanism mm. and Marxism and the Agenda 21 of the United Nations and things like this, then a lot of what's going on won't make sense to us. But as Christians, we call to be witnesses and we call to make disciples of nations. And we can't do that if we don't understand where it is, why it's in that mess, and what the Bible says about this. So I know this clearly because every time we have a Biblical Worldview Summit, mm. we have people answer questions in a welcome survey. And one of the questions is, what is a biblical worldview? Most people leave it blank. Others have no idea. And you put there, what's a biblical view of economics? And most people leave it blank. Some people say tithing. Um, few have any understanding of biblical economics. Uh, when it comes to crime and punishment, what's a biblical view of crime and punishment? Average person has no idea. Some people just say to forgive. Just forgetting what the role of government is. Um, they, the church is a ministry of grace and the state is meant to be a minister of justice. And but again, few see that distinction. And you can ask a whole lot of questions about what's a biblical solution on all these different issues. And should Genesis and creation be taken uh, literally or not? And many people say, no, it shouldn't be taken literally. And they don't understand even the first book of the Bible, the foundation. 
which is why we have to deal with creation science in our Biblical Worldview Summit. But you can see these things are just so important. And that's why we set up Christian Liberty Books to provide to, to both import and to produce uh, books tackling these different worldview issues because it affects everything. Mm. And as Christians, we do have answers. Well, I should say the Bible has answers to every issue of life. But unfortunately, most Christians don't know, which also explains why so many Christians are voting for parties that are totally secular humanist. And we're sure that these Christians have good intentions, but sincerity is no proof of, of being right because there's a way that seems right unto man, the end of his death. So you've got Christians who, who really want to be consistent Christians, but they're voting for a party, which if you pointed out to them, they'd be horrified at the party they just voted for the last how many times is pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, is against parental control of education, is for, and you can go through the whole things, you know, uh, stealing the inheritance of somebody with the Bible says a good man lays up inheritance for his children, his children's children. Mm. But here you've got a whole bunch of socialist parties who believe in death taxes and confiscating most of the inheritance uh, away from the grandfather's children and grandchildren as planned. And things that are, many people are surprised to hear that when we started this mission, Bibles were immune from, from tax. You couldn't charge tax on a Bible. So I could go to the Bible study and if I was given, say, 100 rand for Bibles for Angola, I could put 100 rand for Bibles for Angola. Oh. None of it would go off to tax, but right now 15% will go to the state to help pay for abortions, amongst other things, uh, of money that was consecrated to God, church money, and you're doing it to buy Bibles, and yet the state even takes a sliver of Bible purchases, which is just wrong. And, and that, I mean, that's just one of many examples. But again, the average Christian hasn't thought about how inflation is a hidden tax. And the Bible forbids the taxing of full-time Christian workers. Why? Because full-time Christian workers live by free will offerings of people who've already paid their taxes and they're dedicating this money to the Lord. How dare the government put a tax upon a tax, especially put a tax upon God's work? which is a free will offering from people who paid the tax. Mm. And so it's unethical to be taxing churches and missions and Bibles and so on. Uh, but again, most Christians haven't thought of this, and therefore they're not insisting on this on the parties they're voting for, and so wasting their votes. Mm. And there's much more. There's answers to so many issues in our society. If we would go back to the Bible, we would solve hordes of our problems. But unfortunately, we're living in a society that's confused and deceived. Mm. What you're saying is so true. On the recent cross-border mission we were on, um, one of the key issues we also saw was the lack of a biblical worldview. As we want to present the gospel, it's people who are in the churches, but their worldview is animism and um, just this religion of cult and of their own culture. And that's the same that we see here. It's the churches, but the religion almost of the Western culture and don't offend me and materialism and so on, as there it is, the animism. And we had a missionary friend who took one of these brick molds that um, is a wooden uh, wooden tray that has two holes where you put in the clay that mold the bricks. And he held it in front of his eyes and said, our minds must be molded like this brick mold mold the bricks. Our minds must be molded by the word of God. And in that we must take away our cultural mold as um yeah as he explained it and that is such a need in our culture in our churches even across the board all over the world and behind all of that we see the enemy deceiving the nations coming in with his um agenda in all of these cultures the different different ways he attacked different people 
And we are told to wear the armor of God and for freedom, Christ has set us mm. free. How can we best put on the armor of God against our cultural indoctrination? Well, Ephesians 6 is just so important. What is the first item in the full arm of God? The belt of truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth is vital. It, I mean, that's a rock solid foundation we must build our lives on. And so we need the belt of truth. And uh, Unfortunately, many Christians are confused as to what's truth. And how can it be otherwise if we allow ourselves to be indoctrinated by the world's so-called schools and misinformed by what's meant to be the news media mm -hmm. and uh, what's more like views than news. And uh, we are entertained by what's often a blasphemy antichrist industry that tries to get people to laugh at things that are not funny, really, mm -hmm. breaking God's laws, and to make blasphemy common and acceptable and tolerable and to promote an immorality that is just so hostile to biblical values. So there's so much in Hollywood that's perverse and evil. And yet we've allowed these things, th these are basic things, education, entertainment, news media. And yet if we are allowing the world's media to be dominating us, it will of course be taking us away from the full armor of God. So the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, not my righteousness, it's got to be Christ's righteousness through justification by faith, imputed mm -hmm. righteousness from Christ, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel piece, ready to proclaim the, the gospel. And each piece put on with prayer. So when we think of the full armor of God, the importance of truth, the importance of salvation, of justification by faith, of uh, the idea of having the righteousness of God upon us, the fruit of the Spirit, and that we have the word of God, that we know the word of God, not just the word of God in our hand, mm -hmm. but in our heart and our head as well. Heart, hand, and head. Heart. Hand and head, and in fact, should flow from the head through the heart to the feet, actually, or, or to the hands, or feet on the street, boots on the ground. We've got to put feet to our faith. And when we've got all that, when we know the Word of God, at the end of it, the most important is prayer. You all, each piece put in prayer, each an attitude of worship. Now, if we are protecting our mind with the salvation and our, our main body with the righteousness of God, and we're having the belt of truth, keeping it all together, and we're applying the word of God and in prayer while we're evangelizing. These are, these are key elements. But unfortunately, many Christians have a miniature little shield of faith. Their faith is so small because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, when enemy's arrows are coming in, you want a big shield that's going to cover your whole body from the missiles of the enemy. But unfortunately, many people have got maybe a postage stamp-sized a shield, mm -hmm. not very helpful. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how much of the word of God does a person know? Do you want to go into battle with some little um, bread knife, um, uh, butter knife even? And uh, we, we, we need uh, a serious sword. and We need to know the word of God and know how to pray in accordance with the word of God, pray the Psalms, including the imprecatory Psalms. So I think many Christians are inadequately equipped with the armor of God and many leave a lot of it you know, there's a sword in the corner and the shield's over there and the helmet too knows where that's gotten mm -hmm. and uh, uh, as far as feet shot with the preparation of gospel of peace mm -hmm. every time we run camps and courses we come across many people who've never led someone to Christ who haven't shared the gospel who haven't gone out and done outreaches many people the only time they have ever gone to outreaches is they've come to one of our camps or courses and that's the first time they had an opportunity 
and got on the streets and shared the gospel personally, it shows that the average church and youth group is not effectively getting the young people out into outreaches. And it's not just our young people. We've had much older people come who also have never personally gone out and witnessing and evangelism before they got to one of our camps and courses. So it just shows there's not enough uh, evangelism. And statistically, according to Christianity Today and so on, less than 5% of Christians share their faith in witnessing or evangelism. Less than 5%. That's pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. By the way, another statistic is less than 5% of the average church go actually tithes uh, in their, their funds as well, which is pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. But here's another horr- horrifying statistic. The average church um, spends less than 1% of its income on foreign missions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. now, now these, the, In fact, there's another horrible statistic America's got lots of statistics, that the American church has spent more on chewing gum than they spend on foreign missions. But, you know, if you took it to South Africa, we can't just ridicule them. We could say the average church in South Africa probably spends more on Coca-Cola or Kentucky Fried Chicken than they spend on foreign missions. So uh, just to put our whole uh, priorities together, I mean, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And plainly, we're not keeping the main thing the main thing because the Word of God, prayer, worship, Missions and evangelism, that's our priority. The Great Commission should be our supreme priority. And mm. yet we've allowed ourselves to be distracted, deviated, in many cases even derailed. Mm. Oh, that's shocking. What practical steps can we take to stand for life and reclaim the freedom which are under such relentless pressures today? It's so important that we refuse to live by the lie that as uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in his book, Live Not By Lies, he wrote this book in 1974 in, in Russia that the Lie has become the pill of the state, and the most courageous action a citizen can make is to refuse to live by the lie, refuse to applaud the lie, refuse to repeat the lie, refuse to believe the lie, refuse to pretend that the lie is true. And he said the whole Soviet communist structure collapsed when the people stopped cooperating with and pretending to everyone that they believed the lie because he said, we all know it's a lie. Mm. Everything, atheism, the whole lot of this communism is a lie, socialism, it's all a lie. And uh, the hypocrisy of it, and he said, just by refusing to applaud and and uh, live by and repeat the lie. Uh, so that's that's key. Live by truth and put on the belt of truth. We've got to know our Bibles. We've got to have a good Bible-based education. We need a biblical worldview. We need to invest in good books for our children and ourselves. I think mm. that's key. And we need to switch. If our main source of news is from the world, switch it. I mean, don't get your news from Wikipedia and Google and from uh, CNN and so on. Look to Christian sources, God-fearing sources, Bible-based sources. Those are they are good alternatives. And if you're not sure which ones, if you go on the Frontline Mission SA.org website, we've got a whole lot of links and recommended links and recommended sources uh, that we'll put you in touch with. And you'll see on our website videos, audios, PowerPoints, links, articles, and links to all sorts of other websites, for example, Answers in Genesis, which gives the best in terms of creation science and answers to do with biology and geology and science and physics and so on. And there are different groups that specialize in this. So uh, we try to be well-networked and be team players, and we'll put you in touch with those who, who are doing that. So it's so important that information, we need to be informed. Then intercession, we need to be praying as individuals, as families, as congregations, and we need to be involved. Be informed, be interceding, be involved. We can all do something, and there's some great outreaches we can do. We've just been involved in the March for Life, March to Parliament on the 1st of February. 
and uh, marking the 25th anniversary of legalized abortion in South Africa, you can go onto our christianaction.org.za website and see reports and pictures and videos of the stands for life we've been taking and what you can do to make a stand for life. Mm-hmm. And of course, if we want to get involved in home educating our children, you can go onto the christianlibertybooks.co.za website and get some great resources, great textbooks, videos and other things, and great website links uh, for educating your children in a biblical worldview. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Hammond. I would like to close with a verse from Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Let us stand, let us take action and put feet to our, f- our faith and also wear the armor of God to combat all these lies that we face today. Thank you. God bless and have a good night.